This week, Apple Card's future is in question. Netflix Games is adding Grand Theft Auto. Meta's in a privacy mess. And WB's proud of courageous cancellations. It's Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. What? 2023? And this is episode 659 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, or Snapchat, through our live streaming services, livestream.com, Twitch, our new friends on Kick or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilch Point, or on our website, pluckitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is, normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay as well. Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including uh, F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plunkets Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Speaking of our... Our YouTube uh, subscription, our community over there. If you have not already joined, just know there is a benefit during January, uh, February, and March where as the episodes of uh, CES are edited, they become available only uh, for those in the community. Uh, there, there's no descriptions or pretty titles or anything, but the videos are there, uh, so you see them before everybody else. Anyway, uh, that's just a little sales pitch for the uh, <laughs> the YouTube community. Um, anyway, it's good to be back. Uh, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, Avram. I know you had a busy Thanksgiving. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really did. I mean, now I mean, I had some family stuff going on that was very intense. But besides that, um, uh, I had the usual very intense uh, work of uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, yeah. uh, hunting down uh, deals, writing all kinds of uh, articles to help people find things. It was a mixed bag of a deal year. Um, things were not. There were a lot of things that were not on a great sale, like graphics mm -hmm. cards. Uh, and then there were things that were on a good sale. Uh, but FYI, they're still on a good sale today, and they were on a good sale a couple days before Black Friday. So, uh, oh, what is that? Is that a... An ally. An Asus ROG ally? Yeah. Aha. Those were on a great sale. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Did you try it yet? Oh yeah. Did you open it up and use it yet? I so, have opened it. I, I, we I, produced. We've got an unboxing video that'll probably go out uh, tomorrow, mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing a review on it for about a week. I so had there's it, still that. I had it a couple of days before. So now I'm really curious of something. So there, this is a new new wish. Um, market right uh new wish has in a couple of years although there have been things like this before where there seems to be a great demand 
for Nintendo Switch form factor mm-hmm. piece gaming PCs, right? The Steam yep. Deck, uh, really, like there were things before the Steam Deck, but they were kind of small, small yeah. companies that nobody really bought and were very expensive. And the Steam Deck really opened up this market. And then you saw the ROG Ally and now the Legion Go, which is basically, mm-hmm. which is the same processor uh, as the ROG Ally. And, uh, you know, there almost was an Alienware one a couple of years ago that they, they didn't do so yep. i hear from people who use these on a regular basis i hear mixed things like well this might not actually the performance actually isn't that great um how do how are you finding it are you able to play the games you want to play so so far i have generally not had any problems and the problems that i have had have not been from the hardware it's been from software um including their own in fairness um the some of the not everything deals real well with uh resolution switch particularly the uh their launcher software um so like uh i've been i've been playing some stuff that's you know that's old four by three just because i want to see what emulation does on it i want to see what direct hardware does on it and so you know playing some really old stuff from four by three in full screen. And then I switch back and I like, I want to change the controller settings or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, everything's all screwed up and that could be Microsoft's fault. That could be their fault. That could be, you know, a whole variety of issues. But as far as hardware, um, I've played uh, modern stuff. I've played mid stuff. I've played emulated really old stuff. So far, the software, like the hardware itself, is generally kept up. Cool. Yeah i I like it. Um, I've I've used the the Steam Deck. I've obviously been playing with this a lot more than I did with the Steam Deck. But you know, Alante's got a Steam Deck. I've got this thing. Um, I've had a Legion in my hand. I like the f- I like the weighting of this. I think the Legion has its. Uh, it's weight too high up on the hardware mm-hmm. um, for me, but I mean that's a that's a nitpicky thing. <laughs> when I'm when I'm holding it, I like the weight to be at the bottom because I'm always afraid that I'm going to do this and lose the dev- the device over. over yeah, my I mean, my feeling about like the the Legion and the Allies, they're a little heavy. Mm-hmm. I kind of like them to be. I think the Steam Deck is better in that regard because it's smaller. I like, I I kind I know they like to go for like the eight inch screen, but I I actually prefer to be closer to the Nintendo Switch and be like sure. seven inches. Um, I don't think like the Legion Go operates it up to twenty five sixty by sixteen hundred, and I don't. And while you know how much I love high screen resolution. When you're trying to deal with this kind of integrated graphics CPU, you shouldn't run a game at, at 2560 yeah. by 1600 anyway. So they really should just, like, it shouldn't be more than 10. The screen shouldn't be more than, like, 1080p. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, you. it just, it can't handle, while it would be nice to have that level of fidelity, it can't handle it. So why... Waste and battery you, and waste expense on, yeah. on the screen. And when you look at the size of the thing, you know, the size of the screen versus the pixel density, there's not 
that much of a difference in all reality. Like from a from a purely what you see and the interaction with it, the difference is not all that much. So, yeah, I I totally agree. And it would be nice maybe if they offered that as a configuration so that you could, you know, dump the price down a little bit. But I'll, the, the, yeah. the price on these guys, the sale on these guys was Im- impressive um, over at Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 good. I, I feel like we're a couple of years away from it being perfected. Um, also, you have to have a certain kind of game to play on it, right? Because there's a lot of PC games that are very keyboard friendly and sure. you you don't re- like yes you sure you could connect the keyboard to it and put it on your desk or you could use a virtual keyboard but it's not really like the point yeah. of this is to be using it on your lap uh using it on the go whatever yeah. use you know on your couch in bed whatever like so i always you- i always see you on the train when i think of these types of devices yeah. like that's that is the uh, so like, you know what I mean? That's kind of that. Yes, right. So for those of you who don't live who don't live in a public transportation situation, I don't know why you buy it. Uh, but to be fair, right? I don't take this. My son has a switch. I don't take it with me uh, on the train. But right. you know, I will. We will. I will end up just really like tired and to lie down on the couch and use it or in bed or whatever. Uh, so yeah. You know, it's it is good for for certain scenarios for sure. I think I don't know. I think it's a it's an interesting form factor. I think you have to it's you have it's like it's not going to replace your gaming PC. So it's another device in your life that you know it's and is it going to replace your console? Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Like, could you use this instead of an Xbox or instead of a, a Switch? But maybe not a Switch because if you want to play the Nintendo games, you can. Yeah. So, yeah. but if you're talking, if you're talking Xbox, um, and even maybe PlayStation, uh, Xbox almost for sure because so much of the stuff is available through Game Pass and whatnot. You could you could dock this, hook it up, use an actual Xbox controller. I bet you wouldn't really wouldn't notice the difference all that much. Especially now that uh, Microsoft has a new UI uh, for the Xbox app that is uh, being tested that on a device like this one gives you the, uh, the ability to shrink the left-hand menu down so it's real small and uh, gives you more real estate back on your device. So, it, which suggests to me that either Microsoft is really embracing... Um, these two devices or something Microsoft branded in this category is is being mulled, which is possible. It it needs to be cheap. It needs to be cheaper. It really Agreed. needs to be cheaper, though. I mean, it's just like what did what did you pay for that on sale? Uh, I think the sales were instead of four nine instead of five ninety nine the. The base one was four ninety nine instead of six ninety nine. The the top one was six nineteen. Right, so you're getting something that is like two hundred dollars more than than an Xbox or a PS five, mm-hmm. and it doesn't play games as well. 
Yeah, because it's it's a wider device, right? Because it is just running Windows eleven. Right, right. But I mean, it's just it doesn't play games as well, and you're and you're spending more money on it. Yeah. Right. And yes, it's a PC, but if you but if you are making this calculation of whether you were going to buy spend your entertainment money on an Xbox or this mm-hmm. or on a Switch or this, you could buy an Xbox and a Switch for about the same same price, right? Yeah. Yeah, not wrong. Not so wrong. So I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I like, I, I love the idea that PC gaming is going to go in this direction, but I feel like it's too expensive, yeah. too expensive for what it is. And, you know, uh, regular longtime listeners and viewers of the show will know I'm not afraid to early adopt uh, in order to right. uh, encourage a product category, right? I had, I had Qi chargers. I was building them into my desk before most people had even heard of the concept because I wanted to make sure that it existed. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good uh, pushing right into a product category that I want to see succeed. Um, yeah, for sure, this is this is a Gen One, right? It's there are things that they will work out. They will have to figure out pricing or or potentially uh, more categories than just. Um, the standard and the extreme, right? Um, but I think for yeah, for a first, I think it should be less for a first than outing. For a first outing, I think it, I think it does well. It yeah, it targets who it targets very well, and then uh, at some point they'll figure out that the market is wider than what they targeted this time. Right. Which yeah, you know, I mean, which is what always happens, right? The a new company gets into into consoles. They are too expensive, and then over time, they kind of rejigger. They pull the Connect out of the box and give you a a console for a hundred dollars less. Right? Yep. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> Things like that. So we'll we'll see a second or a third generation of these. You know, recalibrate. But I think for a first outing, I think they did a great job with it. And I'll have a full product review up after I have interacted with it some more and gotten to the point where either I'm annoyed, I totally love it, or it's just sitting on a table somewhere. Uh, that's that's how I like to do my reviews. I like to use them long enough to to really have an opinion on them. So, but anyway, uh, we've got some stuff to get down to tonight so uh let's do it this week's nifty gifties on f5 live refreshing technology is proudly powered by the microsoft store whether you're looking for a new laptop tablet xbox games or a whole lot more you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. All right. Um, so... 
since Apple's renaissance with the iMac in the late 90s, uh, the company has started putting its fingers into every industry seemingly that it can see. Um, some of them have succeeded. Uh, some of them are yet to be realized, like the car. Uh, and then some of them have been questionable. Uh, Apple's foray into the financial world has been a mixed bag. For Apple, it has seemingly been an okay experiment. There's the Apple Card and the Apple Savings Account. Uh, both of those have been underwritten by uh, Goldman Sachs, who is traditionally an investment bank, but decided to get into uh, consumer finance. Well, that foray has been not great. They've actually lost billions in that division, uh, and that division is currently being uh, kind of headed off or flagshipped by the Apple card, uh, of which Goldman has said has been their biggest uh, point of loss for this uh, category. So Goldman said that they wanted out, or there were rumors that Goldman wanted out, uh, and this week Apple has basically told them that's okay. Uh, so over the next 12 to 15 months, it is expected that the relationship will come to an end. In the meantime, Apple presumably uh, will be looking for a new, a new partner or new partners for these two financial offerings. Um, from a consumer standpoint, uh, the front facing aspect of all of this uh, will have very little change um, with a new issuer, a new card number is likely. Um, and when you make a payment, the payment will go to a different bank instead of Goldman. But payments are made mostly through the, the Apple Wallet app. So you probably won't notice that either. As far as savings are concerned, same thing. Account numbers, routing numbers, uh, if there's such a thing for an Apple savings account, I don't know, uh, will change. But outside of that, you know, the look and feel will likely not change. But terms could change. You know, with a new partner, the, the, the interest rates might change, things like that. There's no telling uh, exactly what will happen. Then there's the possibility that nobody wants in. There's a reason that Goldman was their, their partner, because other banks turned them down in the beginning. And now with a failure with Goldman, there's a possibility that they struggle to find a new partner. There's rumors that uh, American Express might be interested in underwriting the card, but obviously they don't care at all about uh, the savings account. Uh, it's an interesting position that they're in. Right, Avram, normally, you know, Apple, Google, Microsoft, they have a consumer-facing service that they're having trouble with. They can just, you know, cut it. But terminating something like this is a little bit more of a challenge. There's people yeah, who well, they're in the banking. It. They're in the banking business, right? But yeah. if it's not profitable, they will get out of it, right? Uh, for mm -hmm. sure, because... You know, it's it, they're in it to make, they're in this to make money, not to make a statement about banking. But right, I think you know this is a place where all of the um, the tech companies want to play, particularly if you're Elon Musk, right? 
Yeah. Uh, because didn't he say he wanted X to be your financial, to have all your financial information? Which, which right? in fairness, uh, Dorsey basically did the same thing. He just put a different name on it. Because right. he's what? Cash App or the other one? Square. Oh, the right. same company. Right. Right. So they, they all want they all want this data because it's very valuable data they, to be involved in, right? So, yeah, of course they're going to, they want to do it. Apple has an entree there that others do not, right? Like you have wallet services like Google Wallet, but if they're not your banker, right? right? So on the other hand, what we may and be you, seeing is maybe the reason why. And you can't apply yeah. for a credit card directly. You can't open a savings account directly in Google Wallet or Samsung Wallet. Right? Like you can with Apple. It's all just right, right there. Right. They really, well, I think the thing is they really like that. But on the other hand, it's very high touch. So they have a company that does this for them, which mm -hmm. is Goldman Sachs now. And now they're going to need to have a replacement. Uh, and so, but Apple's not really taking on the risk or right. I don't know, maybe they are, but they're not really taking, they're not, they're not having to get their hands dirty with uh with the kind of the financial services business right right so exactly. they, they're having their their apple pie and eating it too right <laughs> it's essentially the exact right. same they... concept as um you know i spent a decade with radio shack we don't reference it too much but we had a you know radio shack credit card it was underwritten uh, underwritten by citibank but there's a lot have, of credit cards like we that. didn't have a lot of uh, you know, risk in that Citibank took on all of that risk. Uh, at some point it changed. I think we had three or four different underwriters over the years, but you know, for us, um, you know, we didn't take on a ton of the risk. The underwriter did. And it's probably the same thing with Apple. They're, Apple's taken on very little of the risk, but they get some of the reward. Whereas, you know, Goldman's well, taking on a lot of risk and from the sounds of it has lost a ton. Yeah. So it seems to me that there's different levels of risk because there's a lot of credit. It's, it seems to be very easy or, or, or desirable for banks to offer branded credit cards. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, there's all kinds of branded credit cards. Everybody's got a branded credit card. Radio Shack had one. But, uh, you know, you go out today and there's a lot of companies that have branded credit cards, right? And, get a and they're Home always Depot, underwritten. A Lowe's, but, a Target, a, a Best Buy. Right. So, so clearly, banks have no problem with underwriting credit cards. They have right. no problem. That's great news for them. They get another customer on the hook that they can... And those things never have the best interest rate, right? So, and, and you know, in fairness, there are two different versions of it, right? So with Radio Shack, we had the Radio Shack card, which was an in-house card, could only be used in our stores. So, uh, you know, only used. So that was, and you know, JCPenney has one, Target has one, you know, that are uh, Lowe's and Home Depot have them that are store credit cards, which are one thing. Right. But then at some point near the end of my tenure with the company, we also had a Radio Shack branded MasterCard, which was separate from the Radio Shack card. And yes, you know, there's the those risk, too, yeah. The risk reward is different there, right? Like 
There's an today. There's an Amazon. I think it's a Mastercard branded Mastercard that I think is possibly Citibank. Um, that technically doesn't really have anything to do with Amazon, except that you get Prime right. with it. Right. It's always a benefit of some kind, right? Yeah. Exactly. So this one, it's always the a Apple, of some kind. The Apple Card is more like the the Radio Shack MasterCard than it was the Radio Shack in-house card because it is a MasterCard. It can be used anywhere, and that's a different level of risk for everybody involved because, you know, when you're talking about an in-house card, you've bought stuff from the store that already had markup on it. If they have a big loss on it, you know, there's a middle ground between collections and the the existing profit margin on the product but when you're talking about this unless you're buying something from apple they don't have that same you know middle ground where where there's there can be an agreement on fixing it with goldman yep so, so i mean interesting good good for apple maybe not so good for for the bank that partners with them but Apple's always able to command, uh, you know, terms that are favorable to Apple. Yeah. Right. They are always able to get more out of partners than other people that can because of the the cachet of their of their name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. True. And you know, it's probably why Goldman, who has not really had a consumer facing service, um in deciding to get into the consumer business decided to partner with Apple because they figured, you know, that silver logo usually going to get in success. Yes. Yes. You know what I, you know, if you were to go back to like 1998 or 1997, Uh let's say, and tell somebody that that Apple logo usually means success, they would be very surprised. They'd call you crazy. Very, You'd get very, locked up. They'd be very surprised. I remember there was a quote from Michael Dell at one point saying somebody asked him what he would do if he was taking over Apple at the time that Steve Jobs was taking over Apple for the second uh-huh. time. And he said he would close the, the, close it down and give the money back to the shareholders. <laughs> I think that's what he said, something like that. So, so imagine uh. that. And then you have, right? Oh, there are so many, there are so many great quotes around the future of Apple because Balmer had at least one, if not two, uh, around the iPhone. (laughs) In two years, we won't even be talking about the iPhone or whatever he said. Right, right. So Apple, you know, despite my beefs with them apple has has proven to be a, a constant success yeah so and, i give them i it, give them all the kudos for that they they they've been a it, constant success in my opinion it's generally like bose where they've just managed to 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 you know make a name and not necessarily a product but i know not everybody agrees with that <laughs> um, right i mean you know they've, they've They've done a thing. They've done a really impressive thing. They they literally, you know, hand out of the grave returned from 
not just obscurity, but true, like, door-closed bankruptcy to be one of the three most valuable companies by market cap in the world. Yep. It's it's impressive. Um, financial services may not be their... Uh, their uh, their next their iPhone. It may not be their next iPhone. It might be uh, their next Newton. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna Quite say Pip. I was gonna say Pippin, but it actually you know made it to market. So, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it we'll we'll definitely see you know over the next twelve to fifteen who who they're talking to. I don't suspect that Citibank. Uh, is going to come back because they publicly said they weren't interested once before uh, in early negotiations before Goldman. Um, and after right. the Goldman failure, I don't know that that's going to be like, oh, well, Goldman couldn't do oh, it. Yeah. We're in this time. Let's do it ourselves. Yes. <laughs> so I don't, suspect that, I don't suspect that's what we're going to see. But there is talk about Amex taking over the card, um, which I don't know. We'll, we'll see how negotiations is- go. As we said, I think it's easy. I think it's I think it's low risk to take over a credit card. I think they want. I think any company that does credit cards like Amex or Citibank or whatever or Capital One would be happy to um, would be happy to have an Apple branded card. They would just have to it's the banking part of it. That well, Goldman was losing tons before the savings account was even announced. They were losing money on the card, but Goldman is not a consumer company. And I think that's an important aspect here. Apple partnered with Goldman, who is an investment bank, who wanted to get into consumer. Yeah, so maybe that's their problem also. Maybe it was not not something they're good at. Get somebody who is good at dealing, who is used to dealing with consumers. Exactly. So, you know, it's one of those things... Yes, there's a legal reason why Apple isn't the one underwriting their own card. Um, but, you know, it's also not their realm of expertise. And they should have gone and found yeah. somebody for whom it was. And they yeah. didn't. They decided yeah. to run an experiment with another company that was also running an experiment. That experiment has very yes. clearly failed. It's time to uh, to reset with a control group. <laughs> that control group would yep. be MX. Because it's also really easy to run a savings account. <laughs> right? It's if that's your your expertise, you know, you get chased behind it, a savings account will be fine. <laughs> but neither of these services are what what uh, Goldman's good at and I think that has caused problems all around. So we'll see what happens. But as far as the consumer side of things, very little will change for people who have it. Interest rates might change a little bit, um, both for the card and the savings account. Um, But, and you might need to get a new card. But outside of that, the likelihood is that nothing will change um, on the outside. The way you interact with it will uh, remain exactly the same. (laughs) 
This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. That little woo in the music gets me every time. Anyway, uh, um, it's that time of year. People are looking for for gifts and ideas, and uh, you've got some advice for us. Right, Avram? I do. So, um, so I'm going to tell you good and bad, right? So first of all, it was, we, we just went through Cyber Monday and Black Friday and, uh, we wrote uh, my, myself and my colleagues wrote a whole bunch of articles about that, about cool things to buy for yourself. And by all means, by the way, you could buy these things for yourself. Uh, uh, and, and you might want to, because a lot of the things that we saw on sale are either still on sale or will dip in and out of sale uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, leading up to the Christmas holiday. Um, so, uh, and possibly even after the Christmas holiday. So, uh, so what are the things that are good to buy and what are the things that are not good to buy? Uh, so first of all, let's talk about some, some things that are not good to buy. Do not, do not buy anyone including and especially yourself, a non-mechanical keyboard. Now, <laughs> that is a regular keyboard with rubber domes underneath. It's like those poppets that my kids have. I don't know if you've seen those things. They're like little rubber things and people like to fidget with them and they pop the little rubber domes in them up and down. That's what you're typing on. Don't do it. Get, get a mechanical keyboard uh with your choice of switches now it will if you don't have one it will change your life if you're buying one for a friend or a relative it will change their life the real question is what do they like do they like um clicky keys like i do do they like ones that have some tactile feedback but don't make any noise uh those are called tactile keys switches or do they want ones that are that just they have no um bump in them they go straight down and we call those linear switches linear keys um so those are the main uh things to that's that's one of the main things to keep in mind when you're buying someone a keyboard uh or buying yourself a keyboard is which of those uh do you like if you're big into typing and, and for productivity and you don't mind a little tiny bit of noise which i like because it kind of gives me some auditory feedback as well then of course i recommend clicky keyboard um for those who are primarily into gaming the you actually can fire faster with a linear keyboard because you have less resistance um and then you know sort of for folks who like to type but they're i don't know sensitive about making a little tiny bit of noise uh then there's the the tactile switches so how cheaply can you get a mechanical keyboard these days? Very cheaply. Um, now, I'm not saying they're all equally great, but I'm going to show you some things. Um, so let me share my screen up here. Um, so 
here we have um so so if i look go into amazon i look for mechanical keyboards right and you want to make sure it's a mechanical keyboard right um you'll see that i can see the ones for as low as 30 dollars um now some of these are brands that i've not necessarily heard a lot about uh you know royal kluge we uh, we have heard of seemingly okay um you can get this one that looks like uh looks like an old nes um now uh here's one for example fle sports a full full-size keyboard for 60 dollars not bad um now what i personally like you know when i like uh i like i of course love my ako 3098 uh which is what i'm which is what i'm working with you can get a 3098 n or b uh if you get one with a b then it's actually wireless have some beautiful uh keys but you might want to change the switches this is the one that i have right now a 30 uh you might want to change the switches out to get because they're hot swappable to get ones that you really like now my personal favorite switches are if you get something with kale kale box white switches which are really fantastic uh really really fantastic you can buy the switches themselves for 30 bucks and flop, swap them in but if you want a keyboard that already comes with the switches that you want you know you look here and see okay you know which keyboards come with it uh for example this hex gears here comes with it that's 72 dollars um you know obviously depending on what you like you might want a 10 keyless keyboard without the numpad or something that's even less uh you know without function keys i i'm partial to having all my keys and more but some people like the space savings on their desk so that's one thing that is uh you know something to something to get that i highly recommend while you're and that will change your life because listen you touch your keyboard how many times a day you know let's say you type uh let's say you're not a great typist and you type 80 words a minute 80 words a minute five let's say five characters per word that's 400 keystrokes per minute and maybe you're not typing at that speed all the time but you're and every minute of the day but let's say 400 keystrokes per minute and you're and you're typing you know how many keystrokes a day tens of thousands and you have a more pleasant experience you're able to work a little faster a little with less soreness i mean that's that's a game changer right speaking of less soreness uh a wrist rest uh we at my job still love the hyperx wrist rest it just can't hasn't been beaten uh it it is just awesome because it has both a gel and a, you know a gel feel and cooling and uh you can get it in different sizes now i get the full size which now is actually not on any sale is 20 bucks but if you use a 10 keyless keyboard or you using a really small keyboard then you could get a smaller one um but i would go with uh you know the big one if you've got a full-size keyboard uh like that's another thing under under fifty dollars under a hundred dollars but it's going to change someone's life if they start using it because it is such 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 an improved life-changing 
improvement, right? Um, now, something else, uh, something else that could change someone's life for someone is a new SSD. Now, this is something where if you're getting a gift for someone, better make sure you know what type of SSD their system takes. Do they have room for a new SSD? If you're buying for yourself, uh, then you should know, do you have an empty slot? Uh, whatever the case, you really shouldn't, you really should get yourself a two terabyte SSD or larger at this point, um, because we can get two terabyte, high quality two terabyte SSDs for quite a reasonable price. Uh, price. Uh, obviously not the sale prices that they were last week, probably, but if you look at, say, the top, the top two uh, SSDs in terms of performance are the Samsung, uh, for most people, unless you're getting a PCIe 5 drive, which a lot of motherboards don't support and is very expensive, you want a PCIe 4 SSD like the Samsung 990 Pro, uh, which right now for a two terabyte is 130 bucks. Uh, or the WD Black SNA50X is the other, is another really strong choice. How much is that right now? Uh, that right now is 139. So of those two, obviously you go for the Samsung, but uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled because on the Black Friday time period, it was reversed and the WD Black was uh, was ten was actually ten dollars cheaper, and their performance was close enough that you really could uh, say, okay, I'll get the WD instead. Um, so that's something that can really uh, change your life. Granted, you're going to be spending you know, maybe 125 bucks if you want a really high-end one. Um, you can find ones below 100 sometimes on sale that are uh, that are good. The other thing is buying a new laptop. Well, buying a new laptop, you know, that's, uh, you know, obviously you're probably not, unless it's a very uh, close family member, you're probably not going to buy like your third cousin removed a, a laptop because that's quite pricey. Uh, but if you will, if you are that type of person, please let me know and I'll join your family. Um, but um, if you buy somebody a laptop, whether it's for yourself or someone else, do not, do not, do not buy a laptop with only eight gigabytes of RAM in it or only a 256 gigabyte SSD. That might sound obvious, but there actually are products in the market that are fairly expensive, including the original, the Apple MacBooks that come with eight and 256 and, and you would be shocked. Um, what I, my top choice right now uh, for a premium laptop buy uh, is the ThinkPad X1 Carbon, uh, which the link I have is for the one that's out of stock, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's not out of stock if you go and find the link, the correct link uh, for it, but uh, you, which you can get for, um, it was $9.99. I haven't checked today. Um, so yes, $9.99. You can get this. This is a Core i5 with 16 gig and 512. Um, the one I would buy, I would prefer to, this is what I would buy for myself. But if I could splurge another 200 bucks, I would buy this config, which has 32 gigs of RAM. Um, because you really need the RAM in 2023 and consider when you buy someone a laptop, they're probably going to keep it for three, four, five years. 16 gigabytes is a bare, bare minimum, right? 
you really can't get by with with eight anymore and frank it's going to get to the point soon where 32 is a bare minimum so uh, even you know if you could go for 32 that's that's great most laptops charge you quite a premium for 32 these days so you know just to keep that in mind uh when you're buying a gaming monitor but let's say you're buying somebody a, a monitor or yourself a monitor if it is for gaming do not i strongly recommend not getting one that's 1080p there are several 1080p models that are like you know can play at 400 500 hertz and if you're an esports gamer then you might make that trade-off to have low resolution for high high refresh rate uh but uh my favorite monitor deal right now and i don't haven't checked to see if this is still a deal indeed it is is uh dell's s322 dgm 3222 dgm this is a 32 inch model it's curved uh, it has incredible contrast uh, of like 3700 and something to one uh thanks to its va panel it operates at up to 165 hertz which should be more than adequate um and uh for pretty much any gaming that you're going to do uh and it's obviously quite large now if you are not doing uh gaming and you're just like me in it for the productivity then i suggest getting a 4k monitor uh because that will give you uh you know sharper images and more screen real estate uh, but if you want a 4k gaming monitor you're going to pay a lot for that so that i you know i wouldn't recommend unless you've got lots of money to spend um the other thing you know getting into my uh maker stuff uh get um getting a soldering iron is great but make sure you get the person one with a stand or get them a nice a really great quality stand uh in addition to it because uh i've bought some cheap soldering iron kits and had them roll had put put it down and had it roll on the desk and burn me so you want this little piece here that you solder that that allows you to stick to uh this is actually not a particularly great deal here this was 40 bucks before but any it you know any soldering station that has something where you could put it to rest i think put your soldering iron to rest is kind of key um other things that i would uh that i would recommend that are under 100 bucks that really change someone's life uh a great great mouse uh i absolutely love my logitech mx master 3s um if you're into productivity it has wonderful programmable buttons it even has a side scrolling wheel and the logi software allows you to make the programmable buttons do different things in different apps which is great uh the best deal on this is from b h which has it for 95 dollars. it's normally 100 elsewhere uh, which is not that much of a discount but um but really great mouse uh, also love how the scroll wheel uh, is magnetic and automatically switches between uh like smooth and ratcheted scrolling so that's really cool for scrolling down your pages um other things that i really recommend are would make a great gift for someone or for yourself is a seven to ten port powered usb hub for your desktop I love the Sabrent one. Um, this is what I use. Um, 
this was on a sale at one point for about ten dollars less um still a great still a great thing uh really great for being able to turn your ports on and off like the switch audio devices um which is is fantastic um other other things that will really change the game for someone obviously if you've got a nice keyboard uh for someone or they already have a nice keyboard getting them a nice keycaps uh can change things uh these are my keycaps that i absolutely love i don't know if they're still on a sale uh, they still are yay 79 dollars uh these are i love 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 these these keycaps these dash keycaps i put them on my wish list last year my sister-in-law bought them for me and i was so excited to put them on it's one of the biggest nicest upgrades i've ever gotten they feel great they're designed to look like old uh terminal terminal uh caps from a data general keyboard uh, if you watch the apple tv show severance these will look very familiar to you because the keyboards that they use have uh, this style of keycaps on them, uh, which is really cool. Uh, so uh, finally, I want to say uh, something else that is really inexpensive, that is a great game changer for yourself or someone else, is a power tower. Uh, that is a vertical power strip, particularly one like this one that has... Um, on off switches for different sections of outlets. So let's say you wanna put all of your monitors on one and then you can just turn them off when you're not using your computer and you never have to actually hit the on off switch on the monitors, um, which is what I like on my on my setup. Uh, but then you could leave another set of, of outlets on for charging things. So anyway, I find um, having control of your power and being able to use it vertically uh, is really is really really helpful um, so those are just a few things that I I recommend for folks uh, where they can make a significant upgrade for themselves or others this holiday season so there's several in that collection that are already in mine <laughs> uh, I use that <laughs> that same uh, uh, USB hub. You're absolutely right. Yeah. G great. Um, I I love it. Um, I switch. There are, there are a I few that I switch between a Bluetooth plug-in uh, headset, like there's a Bluetooth adapter, and um, mm -hmm. for listening to music, but the microphone sucks. And my the USB version of this guy. Actually, it, I think it's the same one you have. Um, that's mm -hmm. that's up in my office, uh, so that I literally use yeah. the buttons uh, to deal with that uh, every day. Yeah, it, it's also great for if you're like me and you use microcontroller boards like Arduino or uh, RP twenty forty boards. They don't have on off switches, and so if you want to reset them, you have to pull the the cord in and out. And mm -hmm. so what you can do is you can just toggle hit the button on and off and that that resets your that like turns your your microcontroller board on and off which is something you have to do a lot if you're if you're programming it yeah and and this is makes it a makes it a snap the uh, i mean there's several different if you don't have if you find the sabrent one to be expensive there are other models that have on off switches but the reason i really like the sabrent one and i've tested a whole bunch of them is the build quality is just really superior on it yeah it's got the switches are really nice 
really solid. They click. They, you know, the lights are good. It's like really nicely made. Whereas there's some other ones that have similar functionality, but they just feel very cheap. Um, yeah. And they don't feel like they're going to last. So, Agreed. Um, you know, that's the, that's why I recommend that particular model. But uh, well, bought, we have a list of the best USB hubs. I bought that yeah. model on your recommendation and it was a great yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. I have here, they recently sent me this 16 port model. Uh, but to be honest, the 16 port model, the buttons on it aren't as nice. Oh, it's a different belt. It's a different design. And it, it's like, it's like kind of a plat. It's more plasticky. It's not as, it's actually not as nice of a, not as nice of a design on the 16 port as on the 10. Uh, I was hoping that it would be, yeah, I was hoping because I could even use 16. Like I have all 10 of them filled right now. No problem. Yeah. Like, and, and you, it's people have asked me how come that is. I don't know. There's just a lot of devices that I might use at one time or another, whether it's an external drive, microcontroller board, my microphone, my mouse, my keyboard, my webcam, my audio devices. It's just, it's very easy to use at 10 ports just like that. Yeah. And I mean, in, in that regard, being able to quickly fill up 10, you and I may not be standard, but we're not too far off. Yeah. It also is good for like, there's things that you made devices you may not use every day, but you don't want to yeah. lose them. So better to keep them plugged in. For example, a micro SD card reader, right? Yeah. I don't need to, I need to use that periodically, but not every single day. But if I just left it in a drawer, then I lose it. So I leave it in, you know, I leave it plugged in. So, you know, there's a few things like that. Well, yeah, sure. I could pull things in and out more often if I needed to, but I'd rather not. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and having that totally flexibility on your desk is a real game changer. So, you know, obviously there's things in life that in your tech life that seem like really big game changers, like upgrading your CPU, getting a whole new computer, getting a new, getting, you know, a, a new monitor, which is one thing I mentioned there too. But, like the things that you see and touch every day on your desk mean a lot, even uh -huh. the wrist rest. Yeah, uh, for sure. I've I've got the wrist rest uh, up in the office. Uh, I have the step down from the mouse. I have the two, not the three, because I had some uh, issues with the three. Um, really? I, I don't know what. Yeah, something about the way my hand sits on it. I actually started to have problems yeah. with my wrist. Um, and I had to go back to a two. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I have a I have a um uh not a wrap, but like a, a sling. Not a sling, a thing for it for my for my wrist. because uh, I went to the doctor and they're like, I don't know what's causing it, but you definitely need to change whatever it is. But here, put this on. <laughs> And uh, I discovered it. I discovered I, it was the mouse. Interesting. I I am really curious. I one thing I'm really looking f interested to see this coming year is Logitech. Every two years uh, makes an upgrade to this update to this mouse. Mm -hmm. um, this past year they made an update to the small version, the MX Anywhere, which is mm -hmm. fine. But I I prefer the full 
mouse. Um, the three S was a was a not much of an update over the three. So if someone sees the three and it's cheaper, by all means get that. There's really not much difference. Um, but the um, but I wonder if now there's going to be a four and they're going to actually like try to do something interesting with it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I would be, I'm very interested in that because this mouse is, is great, but there's even room there for improvement. Like I would like there to be more buttons, but, uh, uh-huh. but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a bit of a focus on the Logitech for creators or whatever it's becoming. We talked about it weeks ago. Uh, I'm hoping that that's not going to screw up their focus on other stuff. Um, yeah, I I hope not. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, what, I really Blue and Mevo and uh, something else. I think the Logitech for Creators brand was one of the other ones that's going away um, all under something. We talked about it, and it's totally gone. Um, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, I'll I'll give a new one a try. Uh, <laughs> I like the mouse. When it's time for a mouse, I'll give a four a try yeah. for sure. Uh, but you uh, obviously uh, you started to say before you've got uh, summaries. On We've got some pages stuff, right? on this stuff. Yeah, so come to Tom's Hardware. We've got story about stuff not to buy, stuff to buy. We also have a page of best. Uh, USB hubs, uh, which the saver is the top choice. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, so come check us out. Well, great. As always, Avram, uh, much appreciated. You obviously put your hands on way more things than I get to, <laughs> and you can <laughs> uh, give great advice. I have not found any hardware advice you've given to a uh, to be a miss so that's a great great track record (laughs) thanks all right well as always i look forward to what we talk about next time This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. Well, Netflix is making a big move with their games brand. Um, For those who don't know, Netflix has a service called Netflix Games. It's part of your existing subscription where you can get uh, mobile games uh, included. You can play them on your, your phone, tablet. And um, so far, most of the games have been 
either low profile or in-house IP. For example, a couple of games out of the Stranger Things catalog. Um, something from Love is Blind. I, I know there have been others as well, but those are the ones that come immediately to mind. Um, and then other low-impact things. Mahjong, a couple of uh, Dash-type games. But there's not been anything truly compelling in there. Until now. Uh, this month, December 2023, uh, Netflix Games is going to add the uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Edition. So those... Those are, like, the three, what kind of everybody agrees are kind of the pinnacle games of the GTA uh, franchise. It's GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Um, The timing on this is an interesting kind of middle ground of a couple of things going on. First, the uh, initial trailer for GTA 6 is set to drop um, in a little less than, I think, 48 hours. I think it's Tuesday at 8 Eastern. Um, So GTA is on people's minds right now. There are rumors uh, based on the imagery, based on some, you know, possible leaks, that GTA 6 is going to take place uh, back in Vice City. Of which, uh, that is one of the games (laughs) included here. Um, And we know that Netflix has been working on a prototype and a test of a TV-based service for their games. Um, And perhaps this will all launch together. It would make sense. You'd be able to play from from the mobile controller app that is available um, in the mobile uh, app stores. And you could see the game on your TV. From what we understand, it's supposed to work somewhere in the category of um, the the Google Stadia. Um, we'll see how that works, you know, once it launches wide. But this may be like, hey, look, we have this service. We're putting it on the TV, and here is a flagship launch game. I can definitely see that. And people are talking about GTA right now. It seems like a kind of a perfect storm of, of things that could really work out for Netflix here. Yeah, so how would you play it on the TV? Like, is it something where there'd be controllers for your Roku? Like, how would you actually control such a game? So, the thing that was really interesting about Google Stadia, one of the things that was really interesting was uh, anywhere that the app existed... There was the controller actually connect, could connect directly to Wi-Fi because it was all streamed. You don't have to have the commands and the visual connected in any way, shape, or form. And so you could connect the controller direct to your Wi-Fi. You could play. All you had to have was the app on your TV, and you were off and running. So it looks like that's how this works. So you'll uh, need to buy what? To You'll need to buy a controller? A Wi-Fi nope. controller? It's a mobile app right now. 
They've already got, it's already in the store. Uh, we, we talked about this ages ago now. Um, when they first started this test, there is a mobile app that you can download that is a mobile controller that is adjustable in controls so it can adjust uh, game to game. Um, and then there's the possibility that hardware could come. Uh, but to all right. launch, all they would need is a place where the Netflix app already exists on a smart TV, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, wherever, and a wi- the Wi-Fi connected, the network connected mobile switch or mobile controller. But then you're, but then you're playing on your phone, right? I mean, you're using your phone as the controller. As the controller, so so you'd be which playing is not here. necessarily a great experience, right? So it's. It's always possible that hardware could come. There's always the possibility that uh, they will support controllers on the platforms that have them. You know, the gaming consoles, um, any TV that can have a a controller plugged into it. Um, For example, the LG TVs. I know for a fact you can plug an Xbox controller into them uh, because that worked on Stadia as well. Um, So there are... There are other possibilities. Um, You know, a lot of Samsung TVs have, and I think Sony TVs have Bluetooth, so maybe you could pair an Xbox or a PlayStation controller to those and play. So there's lots of possibilities, but there's always this fallback, just like with the the Stadia controller. There's always this fallback that you don't have to have anything connected to the device that you can play as a controller here and the screen there, um, and then possible hardware. Who knows? If they're smart, they'd put out a firmware update to uh, to repurpose Google Stadia controllers <laughs> to target their Wi-Fi instead. But that's, yeah, yes, yes, that would be good, right? That's what but I would do. I guess we'll see. If if I were Netflix, I would pull a red octane and uh, repurpose existing hardware if I could. Yes. <laughs> That's what Red, Red Octane did that with the DDR cabinets. They put out their own game, and it fit into and worked in a Dance Dance Revolution cabinet. And then they got sued for it, and they got bought, and yeah, it was a whole thing. But <laughs> repurpose existing hardware, especially hardware that's been abandoned. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm still waiting for a great repurpose of the QCAT. And I know you have a bunch, so we'll figure it out. Indeed. <laughs> you know, but... Uh... But yeah, I think I think that's great. Uh, I mean, I think it's great that you and you, you will you have to pay any extra for this Mm-mm. or no? Yeah, so nope. why not? Part of your existing subscription, basically, they want to combine the video streaming and the game streaming into one thing, right? With with this on your TV, you could stream it. If it's on your mobile device, you can download it. Um, so they want to be a little bit of Xbox and a little bit of Netflix in in one subscription. It's an interesting concept. Again, we have not seen this on the TV yet. There is a there is a an alpha or a beta that has been out for a while. The app has been available in the store for a while. We don't know where they are. They have not al- announced a launch date on this, but Honestly, if the launch of the TV thing doesn't come shortly behind this, I'll be surprised. Or if they yeah. if they pull a, you know, an Apple or a Microsoft and just go, "Hey, guess what's coming this afternoon?" <laughs> <laughs> we, 
like what Microsoft did with Hi-Fi Rush. They announced it at like 10 a.m. and by 2 it was on the Xbox. Well, always possible. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, there's there's information from the people who have been testing about how how the technology works and you know how it works in the app, um, but we don't have anything official from the company. But fingers crossed, it would be really cool um, if they launch this with uh, the the big picture mode, the t- <laughs> the TV based. Uh, game streaming. It would be super cool if uh, if those things came together. Uh, it would put them in a really interesting place. You and I talk about it all the time, right? The the streaming services, there are so many of them. There's subscription fatigue and everybody's looking for some sort of a, a hook. If... Yeah. But this is pretty far off from, from serious cloud gaming, it seems to me. Maybe. Uh, we I have to have to see it in action, but it's it's possible, you know, if these this is the first three titles that launch and they work well and they've got other stuff, you know, ready to to push right behind it. It could in the in the right categories, it could, you know, be the thing that makes somebody if somebody's trying to decide between, you know, Netflix and Hulu or Netflix and Paramount, it could be the decider. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not convinced, but sure. Yeah, it it it's something that we'd have to see because again, it's not out there yet. <laughs> we'll have to see how it affects uh, affects the company, but there is the possibility that it could, you know, if they take on the contracts that Google lost, right when Stadia failed, for example, maybe maybe they could build a big catalog real quick. And, and it could actually be a, a contender. No telling. We'll definitely... I've been keeping an eye on this. It is a fascinatingly weird move that could be a huge success or a comical failure. Uh, either way, I will definitely have uh, these games on my phone uh, as soon as I can. <laughs> This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. If you've been around the show for a while, you know that uh, COPA, the uh, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, is a, uh, a big topic Uh, For us, Uh, if you're not aware of it, it is a law that uh, creates a whole variety of of rules around what can and cannot be done with data related to uh, any child under 13. 
Uh, if you've ever noticed, online services tend to say you must be 13 to sign up. Uh, and that's because they don't want to deal with this at all. However, uh, just by saying it is not enough. Um, you have to actually be uh, not just reactive, but pretty proactive on ensuring that even that uh, terms of service uh, rule is followed. And Meta is in a lot of trouble over exactly that. So here's what we've got. Uh, we have two lawsuits, one against Meta and one from Meta. The one against Meta was filed uh, a couple weeks ago by a collection of states over the way that Meta deals with uh, accounts of people under 13. We know that they exist. Facebook, Instagram, threads have kids on them. Um, yeah. But... but the company is supposed to respond to reports of uh, terms of service violation, particularly those under 13, and act accordingly. Essentially, lock the accounts. Um, but data that was unredacted this week as part of the uh, complaint filed in this lawsuit shows that, no, that's not happening. Uh, in 2021... Uh, 406,000 complaints, 400, oh, 402,000, uh, complaints were made and they only addressed 164,000 of them. So that's less than half were even addressed. Um, which means that several, some of them are going to be false. Some of them are going to be people that look younger than they are, you know, things like that. But certainly not more than 50%. Uh, so that means that... Who's reporting it? Uh, users. Uh, it happens a so lot. So users... Yeah, it's part of the, the uh, reporting system. It's the same as mm -hmm. if there is um, nudity or hate speech or any of that stuff. It's the same reporting. Uh, underage is one of the, the choices. And so they received 402,000 reports in 2021, and they only addressed 164,000. So less than half. Not great. Um, and overall, between 2019 and mid this year, uh, as the lawsuit was being prepared, uh, they'd received 1.1 million reports. And so if you look at that, it would be less than 500,000 uh, were addressed if it's the same ratio. Um, so that's not great. Uh, the company has actually said in front of Congress um, in testimonies that they address each and every uh, complaint, which creates some hot water for them. Um, but the states can't address uh, potential perjury in front of Congress, uh, but they can address uh, this and violations. So... That suit was filed, and we learned some new information this week because some of it was redact uh, unredacted. I apologize. Um, on the other hand, there's an interesting situation where Meta has sued the Federal Trade Commission over not being a over the potential of not being able to monetize data collected from kids. But it's important to note <laughs> this is not 12 and under. 
This is 13 to 18. So there was a there was a right. settlement in 2020 over other privacy concerns with children uh, with the FTC. And part of that said that they would not monetize any of the data that was collected on users under 13. The FTC is trying to amend that to be under 18. Meta's not having it. <laughs> um, their pitch is essentially they are uh, legal users of the platform. Um, COPA doesn't apply here. Our settlement doesn't apply here. You're trying to amend it. You're trying to essentially be prosecutor and judge on this. Mm-hmm. And that is a violation of our constitutional rights. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting case. But while they're fighting this case against the FTC, they're also being sued for the other side of it. So the timing isn't great on the situation for them, right? Because, you know, it's it's hard to say we want to monetize. You know, we... We want to not uh, adjust the the terms of a settlement over child privacy violations while being sued for child privacy violations. It it's definitely a t- tenuous situation that they're in, but the argument that they've made in the FTC case is fairly sound. Right, the FTC is trying to be both a prosecutor and a judge in this case, saying, "We're amending this. You've d- whatever. We're we're changing the terms of what you agreed to." A little weird. Um, I've altered our deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it comes across a little mafia y, which isn't great. You know, like um, Darth, Darth Vader when he says, uh, you know, and anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Space Mafia. So, I got yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. If you're, listen, they, in order, Meta, I mean, I, I hate to, to be uh, Zuckerberg's advocate, but uh, yeah, Meta is providing a service. The 13-year-olds are using the service. Mm-hmm. Um the 17-year-olds are using the service. Right. The 13 to 17-year-olds are yep. using the service. Therefore, they are therefore they have to make money off of them. Now, right. Uh, are they making money off of them if they don't sell the data? I don't know. But like you know, they're yeah. I mean, also I'm not really sure if I see a material harm like what data are they selling? They're just having advertisers get data about people. Probably. It's probably just targeted ad sales. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I think the better question is, can the, I mean, here's the problem. You really cannot, without spending a lot of money, cannot provide children with a really, with an ad free experience. Like, you know, my daughter's very young and we let her watch some videos on YouTube and, you know, she's got to like hit the skip button and she's seeing ads for stuff. So like, you know, is she being targeted? Well, it's my account, I guess. So I'm being targeted, whatever with, with, with ads, but like, you know, it, it's, 
come on. Also, kids were targeted with that, have been targeted with ads since the beginning of time. I mean, ever watch uh, Saturday morning cartoons when they used to yeah. have them? Yeah. Think they were targeting your parents with those ads for cereal? Right. The ads for toys? Right. Um, but in so, fairness, that was a general targeting based on the content versus right. specific targeting based on the watch history. Which requires I collecting mean, which requires collecting the watch history against an account, which COPA does not allow. Yeah, but if they're over thirteen it does allow it, right? It does. So yes. exactly. So, you know, listen. Yeah. It's the it's FTC one of the... the FTC has essentially waded into weird territory here. I don't know if they're trying to expand COPA, like against meta or you know i don't know exactly what they're trying to accomplish i mean you here, would but you i don't would need i don't to think they back. have the authority to do it i don't either i think i think if this is such a concern then get and i think there might there might even well be bipartisan support for such a thing mm -hmm. to expand copa to 18 but there would be some issues because you have a lot of young folk who are on you know, social media. And so are they all going to, I mean, are they all going to be kicked off? Or are they just going to start, start lying and saying that they're 18? Like, are they going to use their parents' accounts? Right. Like, uh, unfortunately, kids end up on different services mm -hmm. um, because, um, you know, online, because you can't really, unless... You know, the one of the things that shocked me as a parent when I first became a parent many years ago was like how quickly my son got online, right? Like uh -huh. I, I, how young he was when he was first like starting to use video games and computers and tablets and things like that, how quickly he was on stuff. And we still really try to shield him from anything where he's going to interact with strangers. Right. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people with kids younger who they they let them play games like Fortnite, where isn't the whole point that you're there interacting with strangers? Yeah. So uh, some of whom are most likely adults. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, it's I think it's very uh, and like, you know, Roblox has a very uh, checkered uh, reputation uh -huh. and a lot of kids play that. So, yeah, yeah. I think. You know, I think we've got a lot Roblox of has issues. All kinds of other issues as well, though. Outside of yeah. just that one. Right. So, you know, I think there's a lot, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of controversy about TikTok and mm -hmm. kids getting influenced by things that, say, the Chinese government might be interested in them to know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, or, I'm. Or if you, you step away from that, the weird. Uh, trends that happen that often on TikTok, which oftentimes uh, end up being dangerous. Right. And it might also be that those are things <laughs> the Chinese government wants them to, fair, to know. Or, I mean, or, or whatever. You know, it's not, it's not all necessarily about, you know, about China necessarily. Sure, I mean, it might sure. be that they're allowing things that are whatever. Who knows? Anyway, so, so, yeah. It, I think there's obviously some some issues here. It was interesting to me at the time that COPA came out, 
which now is going back like 21 years. Yeah. Uh, but I was working in the industry before it came out. And when it came out and I was working at about.com, we really, they had to lock some things down that weren't locked down before yep. and get rid of some features like open chat rooms that they had. Uh, and it, it was interesting to me at the time and still today that the government decided that 13 was the line. Like your teenager, 13 was the line. So now yeah. if you get your bar mitzvah, you you are you literally are an adult in the eyes of Copa, right? Um, it's the only thing that you can say that like is truly yeah. consistent with your bar mitzvah or 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 just turning 13 if you're if you're not Jewish. Um, the uh, you know is the only thing that is real the benefit that you get from turning 13 because when you turn six. 16 you can draw you get a driver's license and you can mm -hmm. get a driver's license in most states some states you can get a learner's permit at 15 i think mm -hmm. yep. uh 14 in some states you can get a work permit although now i think there's some states that have made it 12 which i think is a little much um right but when i was growing up at 14 was the absolute youngest you could get a work permit with with a signature from your parents so 13 didn't really get you anything you didn't get any any perks for being 13 yeah. but you know since copa you get a perk which is you get to be like an adult the equivalent of an adult online yeah you know you so, get to be called a teenager yes you get to be called a teenager but, you know you don't get any real like legal perks yeah. there's so many perks that you get when you know when you're growing up now yeah. when you get to be you know after you hit like 25 there's no more perks it's like it's just a downer after yeah. that Right. Yeah. Until, not until you draw social security. social security or something, <laughs> until you draw social security and Medicare or something, you don't get any, you don't get any perks. Right. It's just a downer, you know, whereas <laughs> almost every year you're getting new perks when you're teen, you know, when you're a teenager, like, you know, ability to work legally, ability to drive, ability to drive right. at night, uh, uh, ability to uh, be charged as an adult, um, <laughs> uh, ability to uh, ability to vote. Ability to enlist in the army, ability to 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 drink, you know, ability to rent a car uh, for most car rental places like, you know, but after but, you know, after all that, you just kind of, you know, it's just kind of a fail. But now you can see that 13 is like is the Copa line you have. Uh, you can legally get an account and have your data uh, passed around like uh, just like the just like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the being able to be charged as an adult. I was not prepared for that one. I mean, honestly, I'm just that not because me. I think I don't think there's a I don't think there's a particular line for that one. There's in, not in most states. Yeah. That one broke me but, though. I um, wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> but but any, but but anyway, yeah. So so I think I I, I, I have to side with Facebook here. I, if if they want which to is, turn, which is uh, weird to do, right? If they want to turn thirteen-year-olds back into you know legal online children, then they need to pass a new law. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the FTC can't just decree it, and they can't apply it indiscriminately to one company. It mm. if it's going to be a rule, it's going to have to be a rule, and that, I think that's. And obviously that requires an act of Congress. So this, 
the second part of this, I feel like uh, Meta's going to win. And the first part of this, I feel like Meta's going to lose a yeah. lot. Sounds about <laughs> right. Because they've right. literally lost this case at the federal level once before. It's how we got here. So they're fighting it now at a state level with new data, um, essentially claiming that they haven't fixed the problem. Um, so the first one, I think they're going to lose by a lot. And the second one, I think they're going to win um, because there seems like there's no no way uh, a court can uphold the FTC trying to do this. So we'll, we'll see how it, how it shakes out, but I think we already know the direction it's going to go. This week's DRM not included in F5 live refreshing technology is proudly powered by Amazon prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Over the last year or so, we have seen a lot of media companies, whether it be Netflix or Disney or WB, Paramount, um, cancel shows and movies that were far into production sometimes completed, sometimes already out in the wild. Oftentimes, it has been for tax reasons. Disney famously cut a bunch of stuff uh, from uh, Hulu and Disney Plus uh, a couple months back. Uh, Netflix has done it as well. Uh, Paramount Plus cut some stuff. And then there's what happened... (laughs) at Warner Brothers. And there's been a lot of questions over what exactly was going on, in particular with uh, Batgirl. We talked about this uh, several months ago. The movie was fully filmed and edited. Post-production had not been done. Um, And it was shelved indefinitely. The movie was canceled, not going to come out, Um, they said bad test screenings, which is an interesting and vague way of, of dealing with it. And there's mostly not been any response since until now. Uh, there have been two different comments from two different people, um, regarding the cancellation of Batgirl. The first is, uh, well, I guess the second is P- uh, the first is Peter Safran, uh, who is the co-head of DC Studios, who said fully outright, this movie was unreleasable. Now that's a big statement, right? Lots of bad movies have been released to the public. We see it happen all the time. 
But Saffron went so far as to say, uh, where is it? I think they really stood up to support DC, the characters, the story, the quality, and all that. Um, I actually think that uh, Zaslov, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, um, and the team made a very bold and courageous decision to cancel it because it would have hurt DC. It would have hurt the people involved. And he went on to, to say Ooh. that actors, writers, producers, everybody involved would have had their careers damaged by the release of this film. <laughs> now, I mean... Have they not seen the other movie? <laughs> I, that may be a factor into this statement, for all we know. It may have been so bad that it made the other ones look like shining stars. I, which is a frightening prospect. Yeah, it it is. I mean, I don't know. If it were the only time such a thing happened, then I'd believe them. I... Uh, I mean, I don't know. Hmm. I'm not. Uh, hmm. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced at all. Also, if there was a problem, they could have fixed it, right? I mean, they could have done some reshoots, or they could have. They didn't even finish the special effects. Uh, so potentially. Um, though, I mean, they, though some of the comments from internal said that the that the script was a mess right from the beginning. And that the film was why they let it film then because it was Mm. a different group of people in charge. All of Uh, this happened. Okay. So in other words, all of this happened in the transition from, uh, Warner media to Warner brothers discovery Mm. and from the former DC studios to, uh, to the, the new pair running it. So it was different decision makers. Right. But here's, but it seemed, I don't know. I'm very, very skeptical of this. I'm very skeptical of this, of this story. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up for me. Uh, I mean, they, yeah, I suppose they were concerned that like, Hey, we're going to have a bad movie. But on the other hand, they've trashed a lot of, they, they trashed like a lot of other movies and other projects too. So this is the most flagrant of them, but then they pulled some other things off that were on. So I'm not, I'm not convinced at all that this is like the fact that they're, that they're saving money on it. Like, is yeah. really is really suspect to me. I think you know. There's been now. I have to tell you, like this kind of like we can pull your, the content at any time. Uh-huh. Really motivated me to do something yesterday. So that girl was on my mind yesterday. Okay. What did they? There wasn't there. Wasn't there some study the other day that? I didn't make any sense that like the average man thinks about the Roman empire three times a week. Yep. 
I don't. I I never. Almost never think. I'm sorry. I almost never think about Roman Emperor. I don't know what to say about him. But but I mean, maybe I think about things that that are come out of the Roman Empire, but the result of the Roman Empire. But anyway, so I'm not sitting there every day being like, oh, should I have another Diet Coke or should I think about a Centurion? Anyway, but the but the uh, or whether you know Augustus or Octavius was better, but. The um, but I was but I do think about Batgirl periodically because, you know, it'll I'll start thinking like if there's something I want to see on streaming. I better see it now because who knows if they're going to yank it at some point. Uh-huh. So, yesterday I was sitting uh, with my wife and we had talked about like we wanted to watch Blue Beetle, um, which is now on Max, and I said. We better watch it now because who knows if they're going to pull it down at some point. Not that I have any information to suggest that they will, right? but who knows? Um, so I better watch the blue people right now, just in case. Yeah. Uh, Cause I understand there were some, there were some other movies that have been out for a while. There were some, like, I forget some type of like dungeon, not dungeon, the dragons, but like dungeon fantasy type movie that has pulled been pulled down forever. There are a whole bunch of movies that have come out, been on streaming, and been pulled down forever. That so all that we have left of them is is someone's memory of, of having watched it. Um, uh-huh. So, which I think is a terrible tax loophole and should be eliminated. But um, yes, I'm sorry, should be closed because like clearly this isn't the yeah. the reason why you allow people to write losses off. So they could basically set an insurance buyer uh, to 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 get rid of something that's a loss. But yeah, um, you know. So I think this. I think if it weren't part of a larger pattern, I could sooner believe that. Yeah. Uh, but because and, it's, there's such a big pattern of it, I don't believe it. And so it's interesting that you say that. So unrelated to this story, a couple of weeks ago, like two and a half weeks ago, Christopher Nolan said, "If you enjoyed Oppenheimer." Buy it on Blu-ray because you never know when it'll get yanked from streaming. Right. Exactly. He's right. I mean, there's yanked and there's yanked too, right? Like there's things that there's switching from Netflix to Peacock, but then there's right. Then there's this series is gone forever. Um, uh, the, the captain Janeway animated series, um, that was that right. was a Paramount Plus exclusive. It's gone. Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah, Prodigy. It's gone. Right. Right. Now, you know, maybe someday someone will get it back. But yeah, like if you didn't, you had your chance to watch it, you better. So yeah, there's a really good argument. And it's funny because Best Buy, what is it? Best Buy announced that they're getting out of the physical media business. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know. If that means that Amazon's going to stop selling physical media and uh, companies are going to stop producing physical media, right? But but yeah, yeah, you kind of going to need physical media to preserve uh, preserve movies, yeah. Um, so and, and to preserve them the original way, right? Because too, yes, they might end up like Star Wars too, right? Well, I was so Star Wars, great example. 
Um, watching Family Guy again on Hulu, background noise, right? Um, there was an episode that I have seen or heard, I don't want to say how many times is likely, um, because <laughs> it's, it's beyond unhealthy, but the, the point is there was a song in it that didn't used to be there. What? Oh, because yep. of lo- rights? No, they added a scene. They added a song to the episode that didn't used to be there. Why? There is a there is a joke from The Office. Uh, a particular joke that I look for whenever I go back through that one. This last time, joke's gone. So, you literally have to preserve it in its original format because they're adjusting published stuff on the fly. Episodes of The Office. That show hasn't even been on for a decade. (laughs) And yet, they're making changes to it. Yeah, no, no question about it. So, you, yeah, you need to get, it's, it's a problem. Uh, I remember, I believe we talked about on a show a long time ago how Kindle had pulled some, like Amazon had pulled some titles people had bought. Yeah. Was it they bought a copy of 1984 and it was pulled off? It was Kindle. like that. It was Kindle and Amazon Prime Video. It was, it was uh, video purchases, whole movies. Right. So in other words, you need physical media also because if you buy something... Mm-hmm. You, if you buy something digitally, it may, you may not even get to keep it. Yep. Yeah, for right? sure. So the cloud is not forever. The cloud is subject to rights issues and things like that. So, yep. yeah, I, I really, um, I think it's, I think it's a real problem. Yeah. And, and kind of all of that so, culminates, culminates here, right? Because, these films were canceled for tax reasons. Prodigy was dumped for tax reasons. Now, that's not the reason why there's a new song in Family Guy and a missing joke from The Office, but, but you know, you mentioned Star Wars. It's the most famous uh, example of somebody tweaking existing content but not the only almost one far almost unrecognizable but it certainly it certainly like put it into the the cultural zeitgeist that this is this happens this is going to happen and now it happens constantly so yeah physical media is the only way to ensure that you keep things as they were um cuz like you mentioned sometimes it's just uh, rights changes to a song. Uh, the the opening song of season two's premiere of Sports Night, uh, if you watch it in streaming today, is not what it was when it was on television because they've lost the rights to the song. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a weird little change. and It's the kind of thing that most people would probably never notice, but I have problems and... 
it was the first thing I noticed when the the episode started. Um, there's there's a song in Heroes I think that has changed since published. There's all kinds of of this. So yeah, if you liked it the way the directors and producers planned it, the only way to keep it is physical media. And we almost certainly have to uh, deal with this uh, tax loophole. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. Uh, If you did uh, not, if you did not and would like to in the future, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us, give us feedback about the topics as we talk about them. Uh, If you're not able to join us live, that is okay as well. Uh, Pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows. Uh, F5Live, Pilch Point, Live presents a whole lot more. Um, And all the ways that watch, listen, and follow along. We are here at the beginning of January. I cannot believe that in a month... um, little longer for Avram, uh, but I think exactly in a month for me, I will be in Las Vegas getting ready for CES, uh, building studios and such. Uh, so holy cow, I can't believe we're almost there. Uh, there'll be a ton, obviously, of content coming to Plunkett's Life presents, uh, during CES. We suspect it'll be somewhere around 160, uh, segments this year. Um, so definitely check that out. If you want to join the community over on YouTube, you can uh, join over there for a small amount per month. And as those interviews are edited, they are available for you. So definitely check that out. Um, and I think with that, oh yeah, lots of unboxings and um, how-tos coming uh, this week. So check that out as well at plunkitslive.com slash unboxed and plunkitslive.com slash how-to. And with that... On behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.